Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Marie Hafen. Today we're in Sweden, and I'd like to welcome Felix Salin. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your being here with us today. Thank you. It feels good to be here. <laughs> you and I have talked a little bit about your early life, mm. about what happened with going on your mission, mm. um, health issues that came up, and more recently that you've also had to work through the challenge of having friends leave the church. So let's back up a little bit and go back to how did your testimony develop in the first place in your family so that you had the desire to go on the mission? Um, well, growing up, so I was born and raised here in Gothenburg with my, with my family, with my parents, mom and dad, and my two younger siblings. A younger sister and younger brother um, and a great home we we learned the gospel and of course we weren't perfect in, in everything yeah, but perfect. yeah exactly yeah. Um, but we had the missionaries over a lot uh, when I look back that's I remember having the missionaries for for dinner and and they brought their friends and and who were being taught there and uh, I often heard my dad talk about his mission and with with the happiness and enthusiasm and, and that created a desire to, for me that I wanted to serve one day as well. Um, my mom, she's a convert. She was baptized when she was uh, 22. Uh, and, and then, of course, when the missionaries were there for dinner, they would, uh, we would often hear that conversion story, story as well uh, and uh, uh, that helped me to see how to develop the testimony and and the importance of uh, or the importance of prayer especially uh, and and later i feel that really laid a foundation for me uh, with prayer uh, and uh, i remember Probably one of my first spiritual experiences was when we were at my grandparents' house and I one of those classic experiences when you lose a toy or you lose uh -huh. something and, and my mom suggested that we could pray. So that's what we did and uh, I found it, <laughs> of course. Uh, and that's where it all, all started. From there. Yeah. No big... Uh, explosions during no. your teenage years. No, that was not. very simple. Okay, tell very us simple. then what happened as you got a little older and were looking toward the time when you'd go on your mission. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I was 16, uh, I got a chronic uh, autoimmune disease called uh, ulcerative colitis. It's in the intestines. In the uh, oh. Mm. Uh, and. That was hard. That was really hard just uh, looking at the, the health situation and then the social and, and the spiritual. Uh -huh. In a lot of ways it was very hard. Um, and uh, I got a lot of medication at first because it was bleeding uh -huh. and I lost blood. Uh -huh. But then after a while they decided that I had to have some surgeries. Surgery. Mm. So at first they, they removed the colon, uh, 
and then later on they had to remove the rectum as well. Um, so I, and and then I I missed out on or uh, about six months of, of high school, so I had to go one extra year in in, uh, in high school as well. Um, but that was really it was really tough. Uh, all of a sudden. <laughs> The gospel came alive in some senses. Uh, so, in the middle of this great difficulty, the gospel. How? How? What happened to make it come alive for you? Well, in this, and I, I think we all come in different situations when we ask why. Uh -huh. Why is this why? happening to me? Why? 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 Uh -huh. And that's what happened. Um, and uh, I didn't get the answer at first, but it came later on. Uh, but just in many different ways, like being alone at the hospital, uh, that taught me how to pray. Uh, it taught me to really study the scriptures, finding comfort in the scriptures in a way that I hadn't seen before. Uh, and and I could see how fasting worked, uh, how it was really working. You know, being out without uh, water and, and food for for a while, but really see the power that comes from from fasting. Uh, seeing how priesthood blessings, how they work. Uh, so. One step at a time, I could see how it all came alive. It was not just nice words, it wasn't just... Uh, but it was real. Uh, and that's amazing. Yeah, that's different from talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, in, in the middle of this, my desire to serve a mission was still there. And... Uh, and uh, I couldn't serve a full-time mission uh, at first. Just your health just wouldn't have mm -hmm. supported it. Yeah. Uh, and that was tough. I was devastated. And, and that's when the, the... It was such a push on missionary work uh -huh. as well. Uh -huh. They lowered the age. They had this uh, hastening the work of salvation devotional and and uh, or broadcast and uh, you saw one friend after another who <laughs> who went out going on a yeah and that was hard and in in some senses i i felt forgotten uh -huh. in church uh -huh. um, you know when they talk about going on a mission and 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 sometimes i sat there on, on the bench and and just feeling what about those who who want to. Who do desire. Yeah, but who, who aren't able to. What about me? Yeah. Uh, where's my place in all this? What What should I do? So I felt my, my plan was just broken yeah. into pieces. So how did you keep from being bitter? Well, I think I was bitter uh, in, in some ways. Uh, I didn't always show it. Um, 
I don't know if I was bitter, but I was sad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and I looked for other opportunities to, to uh, help out. I helped the missionaries. Was this just your own feeling, or did you talk to people and they made suggestions? How did you...? It was a little bit of both. Uh, the, the bishopric called me to be an, an assistant war mission leader, uh -huh. um, which helped uh -huh. at the time. Um, and, and the state president gave some support as well in looking for uh, different possibilities instead of a full-time mission as well. Was your health improving during this period? Yeah, at first it was getting better and I was preparing again uh, to go out on a mission, filling in the papers. Um, and then I was actually visiting the doctor before the you know the, the uh -huh. appointment you need to do and uh, that's when they noticed that it wasn't uh, good that it was uh, worse again so then I had to go back into the oh, hospital dear. and, and uh, uh, I had another surgery so add to the challenge yeah uh, and then you then the questions came again why why when I've been doing all of this, when I've been trying my best and, and not giving up, why is it coming back? <laughs> um, but I remember I, I um, at one point I, I read a talk from uh, then President Nukhtorf, I think, or yeah, uh, which is called Continuing Patience, uh. Uh, where I learned that I, I can't just sit and wait. I need to do something. Um, so that's what I strive to do. I strive to look for opportunities and I, I email my friends who were on their missions and uh, I don't know, just not stay where I was or how I was, but really seek or look at the opportunities instead of the um, everything else that was holding me back. So looking for ways to move ahead mm -hmm. and not just staying in the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then after a while, uh, I was able to go on a mission. So your health improved enough that mm -hmm. it was... Um, and it took a while. Uh, so, and then I served my mission here in, in Sweden? In Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, and I often get that question, how was it to serve, serve in your own country? And, and uh, it's such a, such a blessing that I was able to serve. Uh, and that's something that I told the, <coughs> the missionaries that I met on my mission yes. as well, that don't take it for granted. Uh, you never know, but never take it for granted. Um, yeah. So yeah. What a what a difficulty. Mm -hmm. Then, how long ago was it that you served your mission? Uh, it was two thousand fourteen, so uh, five five years, years ago. And then I got back in January two thousand sixteen. <clears throat> so, what's been happening in the last three years? Has everything been smooth sailing since then? Because no. you had difficulties <laughs> yeah, earlier. No, 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 no. 
it, I guess it's been easier maybe if you compare it to then and but I got back from my mission and, uh, and I started studying to become a teacher at first uh -huh. uh, because I I noticed on my mission that I love teaching, teaching. Uh, but then it changed uh, then I just got the thought that you're not supposed to do this uh, which I questioned, of course, but then after a, a while of, of praying and uh, fasting, I I felt that I should do something else. Uh, and then after a while, I I uh, felt that I needed to study media and communication instead, which I'm doing right now, and I've been doing for two years. Uh, well, you would have been testing your spiritual sensors during all this time. I mean, you would know what it feels like to feel the Spirit. You would mm. know what it's like to have a connection with Heavenly Father in prayer yeah. and in fasting. Mm. So you would be able to trust those spiritual... Mm. Exactly. Uh, and I, especially when I was sick, I learned that uh, or my testimony that there is a God who loves each and every one of us, that became real. And that became very real. And that he cares about my life. He cares about what I think. He cares about the small things. Uh, and, and that's been following along. Uh, yeah that no matter what, that will always be there. He will always be there loving me. And that's maybe easier said uh, than done. Well, so many never get to feel that. Mm. You never know. Mm. But that's I something that I could rely on and fall back on. And uh, especially in a situation like that, when you need to change or, uh, or so on. Uh, so right now I'm studying that and I'm in, in Yen shopping. Uh, and feeling good about your choice. Yeah, it feels great. Uh, it feels really great. But of course it's been being there, living there. Um, it's not as many YSAs uh -huh. there. And, uh -huh. and uh, it's, I have some friends who aren't active there anymore. And uh, that's been strange at first going back there to a place where I've been visiting many times to visit those friends and then they aren't there in church. Yeah, that brings up another topic um, that's difficult. Hmm. So how do you deal with that situation if you have a friend who is, has gone inactive? How, because you know about Heavenly Father's feeling for you, how, how, do you, how do you deal with that when it's a good friend and you love them? Hmm. I think it's really hard, to be honest. I think it's, uh, when I got back from my mission, so my sister, she wasn't active, or she wasn't coming to church before, my, uh, before I went on my mission for a couple of years. And then when I got back home, uh, my younger brother, he didn't go either. either. And that was tough. That was especially coming back from, from your mission and you want to talk about the experiences and, and everything and yes and, uh, they and your don't younger want brother and sister who've always looked up to you mm. 
so that that was really tough and especially finding the the balance of of uh, that the, it's their choice yes. and respecting their agency yes um, that's something that I had to learn and that I'm still trying to learn <laughs> because I'm not It'd be so much with easier that. to say oh you know what you're doing yeah exactly <laughs> and uh, but I at some point I, I just felt that um, and but I were I was really struggling with with especially one thing and that was that um, I knew that I I still loved them whether they would go to church or not uh-huh but how do I live so that they, they know, know that I that love them? still love them. Yeah. And that's a, a small but a big oh, difference. Yes, yes. And, and I know that in, especially at the beginning, I was, you know, you can make small comments on, on different things, how they were living or not living. Uh, but after a while, I understood that I can't do that. I need to keep that for myself. And what I need to do is to help them know that I love them. And how have you done that? What specifically? Can you think of any examples or things you specifically have tried to do? Just supporting them in their choices, I guess. Um, and and uh, I've been trying to call or text every now and then to to stay in contact, even though we live in different places, and and just remind them that I I love them, and trying to get to know them, because I felt that was hard as well that okay. I that we kind of didn't wear we weren't as close. Uh, what kinds of things have you done? What have you tried? So. To maybe go uh, so for example on a as a birthday gift we went on a on a sibling date uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, going to a restaurant and then to the movies so really just trying to uh, get to know each other and, and uh, focusing on on other things you have in common uh, okay again it's the relationship you're talking about you've talked about your relationships with your siblings but earlier what became really important was your relationship with Heavenly Father mm -hmm. and that that is such a solid piece in your testimony yeah um, let me ask you one concluding question mm -hmm. I wish we had more time mm -hmm. to talk but and it ha maybe has two parts the first part would be do you have any advice or counsel for someone who loves someone who is in a health crisis like you were? Mm. When, it's, when you, you talked about the struggles, about why me? Yeah. So how would you advise someone who has a loved one who is in that kind of a struggle? Mm -hmm. uh, I think I would say Something that was hard for me was hearing from a lot of people, it's going to be okay. 
Oh. It's going to be okay. And you're in the middle of all this pain. Yeah, exactly. And I know that they they wanted me to feel well and, and so on. They just didn't mean anything bad with it. But that was hard, hearing that over and over and over again. And just not be afraid to ask questions. Ask direct questions on how they feel instead of ignoring them. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's something I felt in church as well, that people were afraid of talking, uh -huh, so they uh -huh. just... Just not. Yeah. So just... Or just go up to them and give them a hug. And just those small and simple things, just showing that you care and that just say that I don't know how you understand, but I can imagine. Because uh -huh. that's something that we hear sometimes. Uh -huh. about. Uh -huh. I understand how... And, and yeah, yeah they, you know they don't. Yeah, exactly. So just showing your support. And okay to ask questions. Yeah, don't be afraid of asking questions and, and direct the, questions. Yeah, and I like the hug part too. That's, yeah. that's good. Because sometimes you don't have to say anything. You can just, just show that you're there, that you're aware of, of his or her situation. Situ yes. And that's enough. Okay. Uh, and the second part to the question, thank you for that. Uh, because it applies to what if you have friends or you have family mm. who have chosen to not be active. So what advice would you have? And we've talked about that a little bit, but would you add anything to that for the person who is trying to help or trying to love the person um, who is struggling? And mm -hmm. You've mentioned a couple of things. Mm -hmm. I just wonder if you'd add anything yeah. to that. Well, I can only say what, what I feel, uh -huh, what I try uh -huh. to do. And, and something that I felt is that my goal is not to get that person to church. Okay, okay. My goal is now that I want them to feel loved. Uh -huh. And okay. I want them to know that they are being loved okay. no matter what. Okay, okay. I appreciate that. Somebody mentioned earlier in a similar situation, but it was after we had one of these discussions. Mm. And what he said was that someone had been asking about a family member, what do I do to help? What do I do to mm. help? And the answer they got back was, just love them. Mm. It's my job yeah. as their father to work with them, to help them mm. come back. Yeah. Don't take my job away from yeah. me. <laughs> mm. but Thank you so much for your insights. And what I heard several times during the time you've been speaking is it's the small things, doing the, thing, the simple things. Yeah. But those small and simple things add up to things that are much bigger mm. and grander and more marvelous. Yeah, definitely. Just one after the other mm. after the other. So, so I just want to thank you again for your willingness to come and, and share. No, thank you okay. so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. thank you.